Hi, and welcome to The Connected Generation. My name is Nikkei Anani, and I am the host. This week's episode is pretty cool. <laughs> we have a great guest, my husband, Afolabi Anani. I've been wanting to have him over on this podcast for a while now because I think it would be really interesting to hear his perspective on a number of things. I'm pretty vocal that I'm a next-gen in my parents' family businesses, but I'm less vocal that I'm also a co-founder with my husband in our power and energy business. I just thought it'd be interesting to unpack that a little bit, have a conversation on how it is to be a leader in business and in family at a completely different life stage to, you know, um, a typical older founder. We're navigating starting our family with two young children, with a young business, and trying to survive in Rona. So we had a great conversation, the two of us, and I hope you enjoy it. Thank you. So welcome, Afalabi, to Connected Generation. Thank you. It's actually, it's, uh, it's really... I'm really excited to be here finally. Yeah, finally. It's been a long time we've been talking about me joining your podcast. And uh, here we are. Thank you for gracing us with the honor. <laughs> anytime, anytime. So, um, there are many things I want us to chat about today. But firstly, let's start with your entrepreneurial journey and how you essentially, you know, came about starting the business to give some more context. All right, very cool. So for me, I actually had a quite interesting career journey. Uh, one I think it's very unique. Uh, so I was, uh, I, well, I went to school for electrical engineering and, uh, I also did, uh, my MBA, you know, during my career, right? But I started off as a, you know, product engineer and uh, I had an opportunity to be in a development program with my first business. And what that is really is, yeah, uh, we were accelerated through different functions. And what I got from that was I was able to learn different parts of uh, the manufacturing supply chain, mm-hmm. right, from engineering to procurement to marketing sales. And that's really shaped who I am today. And, and I think that experience helped me when I started off the business. So I started off obviously in the US and one of the companies moved me back to Nigeria to start a manufacturing plant. I did that for two, four years. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my total career uh, with, with the corporate organization was about, uh, I'll say about 10 years. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we started Signite uh, in 20... When I was born. 20. It's as old as I was. Was it 2017? It was October 2017. Yeah, yeah, I got it, right? So it was 2017. First, no, November 2017. Okay, November 2017. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I think that's pretty much it for me, right? You know, um, so we've been, uh, essentially been, uh, an entrepreneur for about three years now. I mm. uh, got a lot of experience. Uh, so yeah, I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. Um, <laughs> Um, okay, so you've had a lot of changes, changes from the US to Nige, mm-hmm. changes from corporate to entrepreneurship. What challenges did you face in those changes? Right, so you know when you when you change careers or change roles, you could change 
one or three different things, two or three different things, or three or different things, right? So mm-hmm. location, you could change the function you're working on, mm-hmm. and you actually could change your product knowledge or product experience, right? So moving from uh, the U.S. to Nigeria, right, was really changing two things, right? One is the location, mm-hmm. right, because all my career was spent in the U.S. after university, and then also the product, right? So the product was 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 different, but the the logic or the the meat behind it was was very similar. Mm-hmm. So for me, the biggest thing was actually the culture, right? Uh, I think the work culture is different from working in the U.S. Uh, to Nigeria, and as a leader within the business, uh, what employees respond to is also different, right? So mm. employees want different things. They so when you reward an employee in the US, what they want as a reward or recognition is mm. different from what motivates you know employees in Nigeria as well, right? And and I think that's that that was one of the most challenging things to be able to switch and, and try to make sure you know you're getting the you know, employees, what, what will motivate them, mm. essentially. So what motivates, what were those key differences? What motivates, you know, employees in Nigeria compared to your corporates in the U.S., for instance? All right, so uh, I think one good example is, you know, our, our needs are different, right? And uh, so in the U.S., you know, I could... Uh, I could take an employee to a really nice restaurant and they will appreciate the experience mm. uh, of, oh, you know, I went to dinner with my manager mm. uh, and they really enjoyed it, right? But here, <laughs> they want cash. <laughs> it's really interesting, right? You know, they really don't, they don't, they don't care about going to any fancy restaurant, right? It's not, it's, they don't, okay, mm. you know, you, Give, I want to get that money, right? Yeah. Just give me the money, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's not really interesting, right? So those are the kind of things that you have to adjust to, right? Whereas in the US, you know, you, your, your employee will say, hey, you know, you can't give, you can't give cash to employers. So we, we have to be creative about, you know, how else, right? Do you make sure you're compensating them and you're rewarding and recognizing them mm-hmm. without, you know, still staying within the guidelines and mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And so three years ago was when we started this journey as essentially copreneurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you led the business as an MD, but I was kind of like behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it was at a time when we just had a new baby as mm-hmm. well. So it was very interesting life transitions. What are your thoughts on division of roles like between spouses that are in similar situations that Maybe they're just thinking of actually someone actually messaged me mm-hmm. the other day and she said, Oh, her and her husband um, are having to pivot in light of Corona. They're leaving their jobs and they're starting a business together. Like how, what are your ideas on how they can divide their roles in the business? Very good question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but really, I think, you know, what worked very well for us was because we came from different educational backgrounds mm. and, you know, we had different experiences, right? And that's, you know, to be honest, that's what diversity is all about, right? Mm. So if you look at the most successful businesses, you know, you notice a level of diversity, whether it's by gender, whether it's by race, whether it's by cultural background mm. experiences, right? So I think, you know, we came from very separate experiences. Mm. Uh, you know, you had the finance background, engineering background, you schooled in the UK, I schooled in the US. Mm. And I think, you know, bringing those together, you know, 
brought up a lot of really, really amazing ideas. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, we, you know, we were also receptive to essentially listening to each other's ideas and trying out each other's ideas. Mm. Uh, and I think, you know, we were able to, you know, fit in into every area or everywhere of the business that we fit, see need. And the places we are not able to fit in, we are able to identify the roles that we think will fit in, right? To be able mm. to support what we needed to do. So my, my, my recommendation really is, you know, know your strengths, mm. right? As, as spouses, mm. uh, know where you can play the, you know, a key role within the business. Mm. And, uh, you know, you might be able to play everything. You might not be able to play everything, mm. but you also need to be able to know, you know, what roles, you know, or what support you would need mm. outside of the two of you to make sure the business is successful. Yeah, that's really important. And mm. I also think that, like, there's, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no need to necessarily for both spouses to be in the limelight, so mm-hmm, to speak, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the company is a power and energy company. That's your jurisdiction, mm-hmm. right? I don't really know that much about power and energy, but... I know a lot about business system strategy, like accounting and finance, right? So naturally you took the lead as, a, as the MD. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes a lot of conflict arises because spouses can't decide who will be the captain of the ship, so to speak. So for me, I, th- I don't think, I think because it also was natural, right? Because even though you, you, you're not the, uh, MD of the business, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're in all our finance reviews. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. our finance review, we talk about, you know, well, essentially the entire strategy yeah. for the business, mm-hmm. for the month, how we performed, what went wrong, how we going to fix it, mm-hmm. what are the actions. So I, I you know, I, I think, you know, you just need to figure out what works for you, right? Mm-hmm. So there might be some spouses where both of them, it makes sense for them to be in the business, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it, mm-hmm. there might be some that it doesn't really make sense for both of them to be in the business mm-hmm. or one of them should be in the business, right? So I think depending on what, whatever combination, but you really need to know what works for you. Mm-hmm. I think for us, uh, you know, I'm in the business every day. You know, you are, you are aware of what's going on in the business because mm. you sit in our finance review. So, you know, my team even sees you as, you know, so if there's a finance question or issue, I, I usually defer to you. I'm like, guys, you know, mm. I, I think we have an expert in now. So let's, let's take advantage of that. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's the creativity, right? Like no one size fits mm-hmm, all, mm-hmm. and exactly. you're able to figure out what works exactly. for your particular situation. And then, as I said, you um, started the business when I was <clears throat> born, and I just remember it was for for me. I th- it was a difficult life change because it was navigating going from one child to two, mm-hmm. actually to three. So let me even ask you a question. No, it was going from one child to three. Oh, Boo. Because the business is another baby. Like, you you were not as, you know, when you were at Commons, like, you used to come home at six. Mm-hmm. And when Ira was born, you know, there was more, um, you were just around more. Mm-hmm. But now you were building this new business. Like, you, your hours were a bit more erratic. And you tended to, you know, leave first thing in the morning and come back mm. a bit later than mm-hmm. before. And there I was with 
two children at home and one child. Okay, so what were you, what were you worried about? What was your biggest concern? I was, my, I didn't, my concern was just, where's my husband? I want my husband to help me with the children. That's oh, my concern. So you never worry whether the business was going to do well? No, honestly, I also had anxiety about that. Okay. Right? So we were going from one to two. Mm-hmm. At a time when we were building something as well, where before in the past we had stable income, mm-hmm. so that was also something at the back of my mind. Like you know, I'm I have a very high desire for security, for financial security. You're the more risk-taking person, so that season was it was a difficult season to navigate. But I I trusted in your ability to you know make it work. I trusted in the vision because we had been talking about it for mm-hmm. for a couple of years, actually, before you made the leap. But still, in spite of that, it was a bit of a difficult transition. And you were going to ask me a question, so... No, that was a question. I just wanted to know, oh, were you worried about something that maybe you didn't disclose, right? During, because, like, yeah, like you said, mm-hmm. you know, we just had a new baby. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy is leaving his job mm-hmm. uh, and he's now starting a business, mm-hmm. right? So what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? What, what, what were your concerns, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you... you the check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> the check at the end of the month. Simple. <laughs> so for me, I think as soon as, as soon as we started, right, I was just, you know, I was just having fun, to be honest, right? Yeah, because I just, thought, I just thought, you know, this was, where, where has all this been, mm. right? So it was just, it was really great because I had, you know, you had, you know, controls, you can make decisions quicker, mm-hmm. you know, you I knew exactly what you wanted to do because we did a lot of foundational work, right? We didn't just go and just open the door, yeah. right? So we actually spent a lot of time doing market research, a lot of strategy, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we, we invested in developing a very solid foundation for the business mm-hmm. that, you know, once we started, right, it was just like, okay, just, you know, flip the next page, flip the next page, flip the so next page. So you weren't worried at any point? I, like, I, promise, I, was, I was, you know? No, I wasn't worried. I was, I, maybe because I was, I was just enjoying it and having so much fun uh it was uh, it was great man we're all different right um and then you know there were times that we would have different ideas on the direction of the business right how do we deal with those so that they don't you know erupt into full-blown conflicts and we can't see eye to eye i don't think we've ever had conflict too Right. So, so I don't think we've had conflict from the business, maybe from a decision we're trying to make or different views from what should happen mm-hmm. that now transitioned into. And no, we haven't. I'm saying that how do you ensure that your difference in, differences in opinion or differences in ideas on strategic direction, um, don't turn into full blown conflict? Uh, so you just have to respect each other's ideas, right? And I think that's something that we do pretty well, mm-hmm. right? So if you have, we, we know we have the best interest of the business, mm-hmm. right? So if someone is really pushing out in one direction, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that means there's, you know, there's a reason for that, right? So we just have to, you need to find a way to balance it, right? So, but the question now is what if, you know, two people want to, you know, they, they, have, they have very strong opinions, exactly. right? So what, what the spouses have very strong opinions. So what will happen? So it has to be a veto, right? Somebody, I, I often, like, if I have an opposing view to you, I defer to you because mm-hmm. I see you're operational, you're the managing director, you, your hands and feet are closer to the staff, the, 
customers, who know the market more intimately. Mm-hmm. So where we have really opposing views, I'm just like, you know what, perhaps you're better informed than I am. So that's one way one could do it. Or you could have an external party that, you know, can um, be a sounding board, someone that essentially becomes like an advisory board member. I think that's something that a lot of family businesses need to think more strongly about is counsel. Mm-hmm. Because quite often we just make decisions between ourselves from our perspectives, and, and, and those perspectives can be quite myopic. So in that instance, you could defer to like, you know, not necessarily like a full-blown board member when you're a two-year-old business, but like an advisor. So I agree. I think, I think, uh, I think that would work. And in our case, like you said, right, because, you know, I'm operational, uh, I, maybe I have better understanding of what's going on in the day-to-day business. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know, the way we run the operation is, is kind of like an ownership structure. Mm -hmm. So every employee is encouraged to act as owners, right? So, you know, people Mm -hmm. are urged to think outside the box, right? So, you know, you know, we just don't make a decision from top down, right? So it's a collaborative style, Mm -hmm. right? So it's helped with decision making and getting Mm buy-in, right? So if we make a decision, and you know, someone it was is contrary to what some other people in the business make mm. or want, mm. right? You know, they still support that decision, right? Because they know that you know we all need to essentially work towards achieving that goal. And if it doesn't work out, mm. we pause, we don't blame, we say, okay, what what next can we do, right? And I think then we now uh, we now push through. And difficult conversations on money. <laughs> Those mm. months where. The checking coming in in the business. Which one? Like, say, the coronavirus, for okay, instance. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there are just some things that, like, completely throw so us off balance. Because, obviously, the, the business affects us yeah, yeah. as a family. Mm. How do you... Because I remember the first time... I don't know if you remember this. The first time when we were dating. Mm. And you asked me how much I was earning. Do you remember that? I think so. And it took me, like, were three you, hours... Were you to say me? No, no, it was on Skype. You don't remember. Eh. It took me three hours to respond to you. Do you remember Why? Why, why did you think it Because it was just awkward. Like, I think we all have... We're all a bit dysfunctional. Well, mm-hmm. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. When it comes to money. And in the past, past relationships I'd had were with, you know, people that had kind of taken advantage of money. Mm-hmm. And so it was like a sore spot. And, but in that... Those three hours, I had to kind of get over those fears and just communicate openly with you about, you know, um, this is what I earn or whatever. But my point is, is that sometimes issues in the business can create, obviously have an implication on the marriage and on the family. Mm-hmm. How do you have those, how do you have those difficult conversations? So about for money? us, you know, you know what helped us? Marriage counseling. Mm. So because pre-marital, I, not sorry, is it sorry pre-marital? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same now. It's, it's, what they call it? Okay, so yeah. like marriage counseling is when you're married already. Yeah. Okay, so pre-marital counseling. Mm-hmm. So before we got married, we went through. You know, yeah, was, I think it was very rigorous. Yeah. Pre-marital counseling, and you know that was one of the topics, right? And, yeah. And I think you know it helped us. You know, again, right? This is one of those things where you know. One size doesn't fit all, right? So depending on the on the two individuals, right? You know, some I've seen people where you know all the finances are all open, 
across the board, right? Mm-hmm. Among you know, both spouses. I see people where, you know, people have you know, joint finances, mm-hmm. then also have individual finances. Mm-hmm. I've also seen you know, couples where everybody is individual finances mm-hmm. and, you know, they have their individual responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we figured out what worked for us at the very, very, very early on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it just works. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it, I, I, you don't have to question what I'm spending. I don't have to question what you're spending. Mm-hmm. And, and we know how, you know, the, the account is funded, right? And, and things like that, right? So, Boy, I, I, you want to say something? I'm just looking at your face. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, yeah, I just think it's, um, whilst there's no cookie cutter approach, mm-hmm. I think the, a lot of couples do struggle to have those mm-hmm. difficult conversations on like, okay, the business isn't doing well this month. And, you know, it takes vulnerability to have those conversations. I've had conversations with a few friends that say they don't know what their spouse earns. They mm-hmm. don't know how money comes in. And I think in the context of entrepreneurship, I don't, I, I, I think that's a source of stress and conflict mm-hmm. for the marriage. Mm-hmm. I could see that, right? Because you just don't know the, you don't know the standing of the business yeah. and you don't know how much effort or essentially what you need to do, right? So in that case, I've always, you know, for us, it's, it's transparency, right? So you know, you know, you have, you know, you authorize, I can, you, you have authorization for all the bank accounts for the business. Mm-hmm. I have authorization for all the bank accounts for the business. Mm-hmm. So you know everything that we are doing, right? And, you know, it's also, it also, you know, pushes for accountability. Yeah. Right. So, you I'm know, also yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you, you know, if you don't know something, then you start coming up with creative things, yes. <laughs> creative theories, right? Which mm-hmm. could, could be completely, you know, off, off base, mm-hmm. right? Completely wrong. Uh, and, uh, that could be, a, you know, a, a cause of a conflict, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, conflict with money is just so bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And what challenges have you faced, you know, since being uh, an entrepreneur in these three years? What challenges have you had? All right. So I think for me is just getting, you know, and this is actually very similar for similar, uh, for entrepreneurs, you know, in our environment, right? I think everybody talks about talent, right? Mm-hmm. So it's about getting talent that is committed, mm. uh, and that is patient, that is humble, uh, and, you know, don't, so you know, there's this cycle whereby, you know, you, you get a very young talent, mm-hmm. you know, you train them up to fit into, uh, your organization, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then eventually they now feel, okay, uh, I'm, I'm now worth a lot more. About growing this. Yeah, course. about growing this. Yeah. And, and, and they move. Or you have talent that, especially I think when, when they are, they have slight experience mm-hmm. and they have direct reports, uh, that just pushes them to feel they don't have to get their hands dirty anymore, mm. right? So they just need to sit on the desk and just watch the direct reports to the work, mm. right? I think that that's one of the most challenging things for me where, you know, you're trying to plug in, you know, a middle manager mm. uh, to try to develop the young talent that you're breeding. Mm. Uh, but that middle manager just, you know, they, they become, hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm a boss, right? So mm. I don't need to... I don't need to get my hands dirty. Mm-hmm. And what that causes is the, the young talent, they don't appreciate the amount of effort 
that is required to get to the next level. Mm. All right. So if you have a middle manager that just, you know, they grind, the, you know, the, the, the young talent can learn from that. Wow. If this person is doing this, mm. right, I need to be doing double. Right. Mm. Um, why do you think it's so hard to find that middle manager? I don't know. I, no, it's, I really wish, I'm really trying to figure it out. I don't know. Um, is it the economic situation that they feel like, um, you know, wages are too low, cost of living is too high, or is it more a status thing? I don't know. I think it's or a combination of everything, right? So it's a status, it could be a status thing where they feel, you know, they can't be seen, you know, doing what the uh, mm. entry level employees are doing, doing. Yeah. right? And, you know, they rather just sit and just give instructions. I think that is the culture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, but I've seen it everywhere, right? Both here and in, and in the US as well. So it's not a nice thing. It's I, not don't, African I, don't, thing. I don't think so. I don't think it's just in, I don't think it's just a Nigerian thing. It's a, it's a, it's a psychological thing, I believe, mm. where it's just, it's just people, right? That, in, you know, when they tend to have, you know, direct, you know, and don't get me wrong. You should delegate, right? Delegate is a leadership skill. Delegation is a leadership skill. Mm. All right, but you also need to be able to demonstrate that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm your manager. Doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm also going to get the work done, right? Mm. So if I'm getting the work done, you better be doing, you know, your own, right? Mm. I'm not just sitting on my desk, sipping coffee, like, you know, mm. additional It comes with responsibility. Delegation is yeah, a responsibility. Yeah, exactly, itself. exactly. So now let's talk more. Rona. Rona Begona. COVID. COVID-19. Okay. 2020. <laughs> How do you handle your personal anxiety as a leader, you know, leader in the business, leader in the home, and, you know, while still having to carry heavy responsibilities in the home and in the business? Right, to be honest, right, this COVID uh, situation is is just, is crazy, right? Usually, uh, you have an idea of, you know, how long, you know, certain things will last for. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially, when there will be a turnaround, yeah, you could have some direction, right? But, you know, we don't even know what we're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think at the beginning, when we, we, when COVID, you know, around March time frame where we it came into Nigeria, Right, you know, we were the, the direction to the team was, hey, you know, we think in, in the next couple of months, mm-hmm. right, you know, we should be back to normal, right. I think the first lockdown was two weeks, yeah. right, uh, uh, and now as as we got deeper into it, we we realized that wow, this this is gonna be with us for years, mm-hmm. right, uh, and what we now need to do is find a way to adapt. Mm. right to it because it's a long-term thing mm. so how can we be creative right with uh the business mm. right to make sure we are still essentially getting income mm. right do we need to change uh the products and services we're offering mm. uh do we need to change our mode of doing business mm. uh, and things like that right and because we we are essentially the services we offer is, is a physical service where we you know, we do uh, renewable energy installation. Mm. It's, so, it's not something you can easily do remotely, mm. right? But, you know, we've been creative to find ways to, to go about it, right? So it, it's really challenging, right? You don't know what to do, right? Mm. So everything you're saying is 
essentially guessing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the experts don't even know. So, you know, we're just waiting it out, trying to adapt to the situation as it comes and trying to make sure we're keeping safe. And remote working, what has that been like? To be honest, I think for, for a lot of organizations, including us, we now realize you really don't have to be in the office, right? Yeah, I hate you. Uh, <laughs> um, you really don't have to be in the office, right? So, for example, if you think about us in our environments, right, an average person has to wake up maybe around 4 a.m. Uh, they have a two to three hour commute to the office. And, you know, they're already exhausted by the time they get there. They pay money right. for that. Well. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it costs them to, to, do, to, to get to the office. And then, you know, in the evening as well, they leave the office at five. They have another two to three hour commute. They get home at eight, nine. Uh, by the time they, maybe they have kids, get the kids ready, whatever they have to do, cook a meal, you know, they don't go to bed till about 11, 12. So it's a really, really stressful um, environment, right? Mm. What, what I've realized is, you no, know, during remote working, while employees are working remotely, they've actually been more productive, right? Because mm. the transit time that they spend to and fro coming to the office is cut off, so that they can essentially roll out of bed and just start working right away. Wearing their pajamas. Sorry, yeah, exactly, right? But it's also very important to make sure, you know, goals and objectives are clearly stated mm. and they are measurable so that as because you're, you're not having that physical contact as much as you are, you are mm. right when everyone comes to the office so uh you know when you're talking to them you know maybe once a day or a couple of times a week you know you're, you're ensuring that you, you know everything is still getting done mm. right and uh you know yeah there, there might be one you know one or two people that you know Take opportunities of those situations, but in 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 most cases, right? I think uh, what I've seen is is actually being a positive, right? Working remotely, mm-hmm. and I think you know even after COVID, a lot of businesses are gonna rethink. You know, do we really need to have big fancy offices? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, only a send only employees that need to physically be in the office should be in the office, right? Everybody else can do whatever they need to do remotely. Mm-hmm. And then dealing with your two stalkers in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm actually enjoying it, right? Because I enjoy spending time with them, mm. right? You know, apart from, you know, if, if I need to get on a meeting, I just know I need to go hide somewhere in the house to get on a call, mm, lock my door. Like during this podcast now, we've had to stop, stop, three, stop times. three times because they've been knocking on the door, <laughs> right? Um, but... I think you, you, you just need to find what works for you, even if you have to go sit in a car and lock yourself in the car and yeah. take your call, right? <laughs> That's what you have to do, right? But I think they're enjoying it as well. I don't know. They'll be so confused when they have to go to school. I don't think they uh, remember what school is now. <laughs> but uh, I, don't, to be honest, it doesn't bother me. I'm no, it doesn't actually. To be honest, I'm I think a, it's, a, it's a blessing because, yeah. you know, there are those days where you just wake up and you're just overwhelmed mm-hmm. with all this Rona stuff. And there's no way you can be in their presence and be angry or sad or mm. anxious because they're just always laughing or always doing something silly. So, yeah, it's a blessing being at home with them, to be honest with you, even though I've had them run into my webinar naked. <laughs> <laughs> and all that jazz. Did anybody see that? Nobody. I had to switch off my video. Mm. I had to switch off my audio. <laughs> I don't know why. I forgot to lock the door. 
<laughs> and the next day, they are running in, both of them completely stark naked. I was just like, OMG. But you know what? I think this COVID stuff can be so isolating. Like, you know, we have each other, we have children. What about your employees, for example, that mm-hmm. are single? Mm-hmm. How, you know, are you able to check up on their psychological well-being mm-hmm. and all that to make sure that they're all right? Um, I think we have a good, uh, what we've done is, you know, our admin team usually sends, uh, weekly notes. I think she actually used to be weekly notes to, to the team just to give them tips on how to cope mm-hmm. with the, with the situation. We also, for me personally, uh, one of the policies I put in place is, you know, I, I've asked everybody to check on me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've just said, Hey guys, you know, just check on me, tell me, ask me whether I've woken up, you know, just, I just want to, I want everybody to talk to me every day, right? Mm. Just so, um, we, we don't lose that touch. Mm. Uh, and, you know, uh, I, I have a weekly, so at least I have a call with everyone within the business every week, right? Yeah. At the, at the, at the minimum. Uh, then, you know, depending on what they have going on, they, they set up conversations at safe mm. And, uh, you know. But you guys are going, still going into the office sometimes, right? So, so we have a schedule where because of, you know, we have to get some stock out of our office mm-hmm. where we have one, one person or two people rotating. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have one person in the office at least every day. Mm-hmm. Right. But the same people just rotate. Uh, well, that helps so, them yeah. as well. Like they see each other and they have yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's really important in these times. Mm-hmm. And supply chain. I've asked you this question like three times. What question? <laughs> question was like, is supply chain an issue for you? Yeah, so I think... Whenever <laughs> <laughs> I ask you, you get angry. Like, right. So what was my answer before? Yeah, no, I think I asked you what are the top three. I use my husband um, mm-hmm. as my source of market research um, for like articles, podcasts mm-hmm. and things. So I'm always asking like as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. what are your top three challenges? Mm-hmm. And... You said at the start of Rona, you said, you know, cash flow, managing remote teams and supply chain. Mm-hmm. So supply chain is, I don't even know how to explain it, right? It's, 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 it's crazy, right? So if you think about it, right, for businesses like us that, that import raw material or goods, mm. we, we need to be able to predict when our goods are going to arrive because there are clients that are waiting for those goods, right? But unfortunately, we are not able to do that, right? And I think that's one of the challenging things working in this environment as we cannot, you know, so if we, if we order goods from outside the country, mm. you know, usually, uh, depending on where you order it from, you're looking at, you know, 30 to 60 days mm. and you know, you know, about five days to get it out of the port, right? Mm. Uh, but as I'm speaking to you now, there are, I have goods at the port that's been there since March, mm. right? And, you know, you know, there is one issue to the other, one issue to the other, and still trying to, trying to get it out, right? So supply chain is a massive issue, right? You, you cannot, you cannot plan your, inventory levels, you cannot mm. plan your reorder points mm. because the, the data points that you have, you know, to do those calculations are just, you know, is, is a variable really. Mm. It depends on, you know, what's going on at the port at that time. Mm. So it's just, 
it's, it's almost it's almost like a guessing game, right? Which you know really affects the efficiency of a business, right? Mm-hmm. How can we make sure we are not just keeping you know two years worth of stock on hand, right? Because we don't want to run out of goods, mm-hmm. right? It's like you're tying your cash down, right? Um, and um, you know at the same time, how, how do you make sure you know? Usually, you know, from for me, there's something we call just in time, mm-hmm. right? So you don't want to you want to keep as little as as little as possible inventory, mm. right? You want your goods to be arriving as your clients need it, mm. right? So you're just you're 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 turning over your cash, yeah, right, and you're just using it to get inventory, mm. right? But for us, you know, we we've had to keep you know huge amount of inventory because of the inefficiencies within our supply chain to to accommodate for that. What that does is it just ties your cash, cash down, down. Mm. right? So we all need cash right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. Challenging times. My last question for you. Yay. Looking ahead mm. in Iris 5 now, iOS 2. 2.3. 2.5. 2. No, more than 2.75. Yeah. <laughs> if not 2.8 years old. Um, looking ahead in 20 years' time, after college, university, and they've had a few years of work experience, they say, Daddy, I want to work with you in Signite. Mm-hmm. How would you feel and what would you... What would you? Um, what would be your process in integrating them? All right. So, all right. So, if Iri, if Iri or I, want, you know, decide they want to join the business, right? I think it's it's very important for them to have a very solid foundation, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's it shouldn't just be, hey, you know, yeah, you're now coming into a leadership role, yeah. right? I think they really need to start from the bottom. Uh, I think it's key to to have knowledge of all the different functions within an operation, mm. because as a leader, you know, if they become the leader of the business in the future, uh, they'll be making decisions that affect all the different functions. Mm. And if you make a decision in accounting, you want to know how that decision is going to affect engineering, mm. right? But if you don't have experience in engineering, you know, you don't need to be an engineer, but just have experience on in what they do, mm. you might not be able to make the right decision, right? So I'm a very huge believer in, you know, start from the bottom and work your way up, mm. right? And, you know, you, you can do it in, a, in an accelerated way, right? Yeah. So they, they get they get a taste of everything, mm. right? And then uh, they have a very good understanding of all the operation. And if they need to make a decision, they understand how that decision affects all the different functions. Would you, sorry, I want to throw in a few more questions. Would you personally mentor them in that integration journey or would you have other people within the organization or outside of the organization kind of coach and guide them through that so process? So I think, I think, I think it's, it's important for them, for, so for, for my, as my role as a father, right, I need to play my role as a father, mm-hmm. right, but I also think it's important for them to be able to talk to different people that are champions in that role because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the expert in finance, yeah. right? So if they want to understand finance, they need to go talk to the experts in finance and work with the experts in finance, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, they will be able to provide them more stronger knowledge or guidance on, you know, what they need to be aware of. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I might still have a, a role to kind of like guide them on, you know, what direction they might need to go depending on what they want to do, mm. right? But, you know, they need to talk to the champions, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really wise. Mm. And my final last question, yeah. my actual last question. It's <laughs> the first time you said wise to me. Have you told me I'm wise before? Uh-uh. Bro. I'm just Haba. checking. 
Okay. <laughs> You're a very wise man. Wise. Very wise young man, not mm. a wise old man. Carry on. <laughs> um, what was my last question? Now you threw me. Okay, I remember now. Has do you think coronavirus will change the way you lead in the business and in the family? Yes, I think I think yes. It actually has already changed, right? So I remember, uh, you know, last, sometime last year we were playing around with the idea of um, um, how can we flex flexible hours, mm. right, within the business, right? And I wasn't I wasn't for it, right? I was just like, mm, uh, we don't need we don't need flex flexible hours. Uh, everybody needs to be in the office, mm. uh, so on and so forth. But now I'm a change man, right? <laughs> you know. So I now I now firmly believe in you. Really don't need to be in the office unless you need to be in the office, yeah. right? There's no there's no need for you to be in the office uh, unless you really need to be there, mm. right? So and I think that's that's one big thing. Uh, as for the family, I think uh, you know just spending time together, yeah. right? I think you know you you actually see the value. You see the, the growth on the children. You really do, right? You know, you know. I think last week, or it might be earlier this week, I was telling you, you know, when Corona started, mm. Ayo wasn't potty trained. Yeah. So now, you know, he goes to the toilet himself, Thank right? God. Right. So, you know. Just, and he wasn't speaking half as well. No, now he's, he's like, like so yeah. fluent. So, so it's, it's just amazing to actually see the growth in the kids. We interact with them. Yeah. They're like, you know, your bodies, mm. right? And, uh, and, I'm, and I think it's really amazing. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you both for coming on Connected Generation. We should we'll do this more often. We actually enjoyed it too. Yes, now. It wasn't as now. bad as I thought. Exactly. I know I've been avoiding this. Exactly. Thing. It's been fun. Yeah. We've enjoyed but having you here. Do you have a retainer? Do you pay? Retainer? <laughs> <laughs> See this man. <laughs> I know, Wala. Okay. I enjoyed my time. Thank you for your time. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was fun. <laughs> I am one that's big on liberty and I really don't like prescriptive solutions to situations, particularly when it comes to this world of family business, um, because we're all in very unique situations, right? And one thing that just kept on coming up in that conversation with Afalabi was creativity and being flexible, um, coming up with a solution that works best for you and your spouse. But I think regardless of whatever outcome you come to, I think we always need the three C's. The three C's will be your arsenal (laughs) in managing a healthy business family. And those three C's are clarity, think as spouses we must have clarity on what it is we want where are we going to and who are we as our young family and this may be changing right as we go through different life events the next c is communication we must communicate it's hard it's not easy (laughs) sometimes it takes three hours like it took your girl just to give a simple answer Um, But we must communicate on matters of the business, matters of money, because they impact on our family life. And the next is collaboration. We're a team. We help each other. We come together for a common purpose that one team member is scoring the goal, doesn't disregard or make the other team members that are 
passing the ball in the pitch less important. So we're a team. And I really believe that if we maintain those three C's within our young business families, older business families, we'll go a long way. So thank you so much for tuning in. Take good care. God bless you.